we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Welcome to America Out Loud Pulse. This is Peter Bregan. My uh, superstructure and my infrastructure, Ginger Bregan, won't be sharing with me today because uh, with all of those duties and obligations, she just cannot be present. Um, however, um, we're in luck with a great guest and also the subject for today, which is decoupling China or from China, uh, is a special interest of mine. In our book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey, um, I offer the uh, suggestion that the impetus behind releasing COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, uh, in China uh, and from a collaboration done in laboratory f- laboratories in China and the U.S. and funded by good old Fauci and a few other government agencies and involving Chinese communists in what I believe is a uh, literally a, a betrayal, a treasonous betrayal of our country by Fauci and many others to actually uh, bring the Chinese communists Uh, at uh, the Wuhan lab into a collaborative effort with us making SARS-CoV-2. And um, we don't don't see the actual completion to SARS-CoV-2. We see the publication of articles completing the making of other SARS-CoVs, very similar and with very similar clinical effects on the animals as on people now. And all that's in our book, COVID-19 and Global Predators. I became interested in our guest, Paul Boardman, uh, when I heard him on other radio shows or TV, and when I went to his website and read his work on China. It is as crystal clear and easy to understand as anything I've read, and I just wanted to have him on our show to talk about this. Paul, are you there? I am here, uh, Peter. Thank you very, very much. It's an honor. Well, thank you, sir. And and uh, give us some more of your, your the kind of official background you like to give. I'm I'm going on the basis of reading your work and listening to you, and it's stunning work. So, what what is your background? How did you survive doing this? <laughs> thank you. First of all, I just want to say again that without your work, your lifelong work, uh, uh, you know, I've been. Uh, this is my fourth year. Uh, in this endeavor, three years running the political action committee, but your lifelong work on this subject, Americans just wouldn't even know, um, you know, what the real situation is with with COVID nineteen. So thank you very very much for sticking with it all these years and being who you are um, on on this topic. It's uh, Americans stepping up, um, and we, it's all hands on deck, right? So everybody we can get to participate, we everybody needs to participate in this. And yes. so let me back up a little bit. By um, the way, folks, so, I, Paul, I, I didn't know that Paul had any awareness of my work. So this is a gift. And speaking mm-hmm. of gifts, you know, folks, look to your own gifts and bring them to the fight. That is what we need now. Um, I'm going to give the mic now to Paul. All right, the engine, and that leads me to the ingenuity of the American people to build a better life, and that's everybody. 
using their talents and skills to defend and thrive. And uh, my background, I grew up in a town in Indiana, very successful town, very militarized town during World War II. I grew up in that environment and um, I did not uh, join the military. I almost did. Uh, instead, I, I went to work for uh, President Reagan a little bit. I uh, can't claim that I was part of uh, his uh, administration uh, significantly. I was able to, in 1984, um, join his campaign a bit. Uh, my focus was working for Senator Luger from Indiana, who is a um, was a uh, very much a statesman. And I think that training and my family, strong family background, uh, helped me develop um, a, a mindset that when um, uh, China became uh, a threat uh, and, 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 and I started to investigate it, it uh, uh, gave me that perspective to understand it. Now, I had worked for Senator Luger. Uh, uh, also had been in the finance industry in New York City with Payne Weber. And then uh, I ran for Congress. I was the GOP nominee uh, in uh, Los Angeles against Henry Waxman in 94 and 96. Oh my, God. <laughs> uh, my, my wife was doing her studies there at UCLA. And you know, when you get married, that's the first thing you do. You just run for Congress. And yes, I, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and hang on to your marriage by the teeth. <laughs> no, I have some company in that. I, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, W, uh, George W., they both did the same thing. Uh, they, they both lost. They went on to bigger and great things. And uh, it, it's a good, uh, I don't know. I can't, all I know is uh, for some reason, maybe we think if we don't do it, then we'll never do it. I don't know. But um, you know, I felt very compelled to uh, do that and did. And um, it was four years being the GOP nominee with incredibly great people. I learned about, about this country. Most of the people that were my donors at that time and supporters were part of, because President Reagan was alive, and this is 94 and 96. So uh, they were living there, and uh, I was interacting with people like Bill Wilson, uh, the ambassador to the Vatican, and Glenn Holden, ambassador to Jamaica, and Lots of others uh, that uh, were amazing, amazing people. Joseph Jacobs, who is the chairman of Jacobs Engineering, he wrote the book, The Anatomy of the Entrepreneur, and um, a book about uh, the compassionate conservative. I was very, very blessed, very fortunate to participate and um, was not aware how that would eventually play out in terms of helping to try to support my country. So uh, we were had our our, our two uh, sons and homeschooled them. And I said, OK, I'm not going to do any more political stuff until I feel really compelled. And four years ago, just um, the um, thought went off that, OK, this is very, in my mind, overblown. And what I mean by that is I, I just feel like the OK, of course, I've not been buying products from China for a long time. Of course, I've seen that as a problem. But but now I'm starting to feel like, um, you know, very, very much like it's gone further than that. And this is obviously before COVID. So I just started doing some research around the world because I couldn't find information here in the U.S. Um, being published. So articles from all over sources, credible sources around the world, whether it be the U.K. or uh, Taiwan or Japan or, you know, anywhere, India, 
And I started to um, research and roll up those articles for myself so I could inform myself. And um, just very organically, just, you know, what what's happening out there? And I, of course, started to see a pattern after a period of time. Those articles were posted privately for myself as research. And then I started to publish them, uh, just the links to those articles so people could start to get an idea of what's happening. So from that initial research, it became clear to me that we have a problem understanding the Chinese MO. What is their modus operandi? How are they doing what they're doing? And it became clear to me that they were operating in America, but at that point, they had not consolidated, Xi Jinping had not consolidated his power base until last year to the point where he can uh, metastasize his, um, his, uh, his effort, his hegemon. And so, um, you know, at that point, um, I um, started to then think about, okay, well, what, you know, what can I do? Um, and then, of course, COVID hit, and uh, immediately from my research, I felt that uh, China could have done a lot to, in um, uh, my view from day one, was that they maybe couldn't have stopped it from going out. Maybe they could. It's irrelevant. The point is, they didn't do, once it was out, um, you know, it was, they're going to work it to their advantage, and that's part of their MO. So they weren't going to help the world in this. They were they were going to use that to their advantage. And perhaps it, it slipped out. We don't know. But uh, perhaps they didn't want to start their hegemon expansion uh, that soon. It's That's irrelevant. What's relevant is that they, in my mind, used it. And um, they obviously, it's a, it's a tool for them. That I, I felt from the very second it happened that it was an act of war. And I, I believe that truly. So, and it... The interesting thing about that is, you know, President Trump is a very, very well-known germaphobe. And I do believe they profiled him and they said, okay, we can, we can take him out. We can just oh, completely take him out of office. that's amazing insight. That's amazing. Continue. But I just wanted to say that that is an amazing insight. If, in fact, that's the only was the only way to, to neutralize President Trump, Trump, which I believe it is, it was. Uh, it certainly, you know, he, he was incapable of, of leading uh, once he got into the, the germ environment. And <clears throat> I had um, experienced this working on his campaign for about a month uh, uh, in the July 2016 time period, uh, you know, helping out, uh, you know, on some of the rallies and just noticing, uh, you know, the fact that you know, there was... Um, you know, hand sanitizer everywhere, and he was very much. Uh, he's well well known and well documented that uh, his um, his uh, germophobia is is fairly extreme. So, my my point in that was uh, January fifteenth, uh, two thousand twenty. Uh, you know, after the trade uh, with China increased to almost eight hundred billion total trade from six hundred billion. Uh, from 2016 to 2018, President Trump decided to do something about that. So he basically brought the leadership of China into Washington, brought our Fortune 100 in the White House, and um, you know, dis- decided he was going to put tariffs on them and um, asked them to buy more from America. 
and that was obviously you know January fifteenth, uh, two thousand twenty, and of course we know what happened right after that, and China was already cornering the market for PPE. By by April, um, I was trying to lobby the administration, and I, I really thought they would Defense Production Act the thirty industries that China stole from us, uh, but he decided to. Um, Defense Production Against uh, Act against against the virus, so he, um, you know, went for ventilators and PPE and things like that. I thought he would just, you know, go after the thirty industries that or so or more that China stole from us and convert the economy. It just made a lot of sense to me. Um, that 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 didn't happen, and uh, you know, China basically swept swept him out of office, obviously to their advantage. So here we are today uh, in October of that of 2020, I started the political action committee and started to raise money and um, uh, write articles and um, just started through the process of trying to raise awareness of the China threat and continuing to then publish the Boardman report, which basically is links to articles around the world to give people perspective so they could start to see what's happening in other countries. Well, fortunately, we've had the balloon and there are many, many people, now millions of people who've uh, been awakened by the China threat. They're writing articles daily and um, it's, it's um, you know, now we have a China committee, which is run by uh, you know, Representative Gallagher. We're, I don't believe we're still at an all hands on deck situation uh, throughout the country. But my role has changed a little bit in the sense that I do less awareness raising and more um, uh, more more nitty gritty working right now to try to um, um, uh, uh, write and work with state senators and state legislators on a civil civil defense plan on the state level. So while the federal government has been bogged down and TikTok was was pushed back by the um, China lobby, uh, the farmland ban, uh, that wasn't, it's a real asset. So it was easier to, to move forward on the federal level and it, it has moved forward. Uh, but still the bottom line is now you have, as of the last presidential debate, you have a squaring off of the, uh, on the issue. You have the White House says we're not decoupling, we're de-risking and essentially plugging the dike you know, and of course, China can do workarounds on pretty much everything and but doing significant actions. Um, and then you have uh, Senator or Cong um, Governor DeSantis saying we are going we should decouple and we should de reshore. That's the first time we've had a presidential candidate who's said it that strongly that way. Of course, I've been lobbying and trying to influence that behind the scenes all this time with you know maybe some impact maybe not it's hard to say but the bottom line is that to me it's very clear uh you know you you have to reshore because china can coerce our our allies even so they can coerce mexico they can coerce india there's no sense reshoring from china to mexico to india when india is coercible so we have to garner and harness our american ingenuity all the trillions of dollars we've put into R&D in this country and simply get into that ingenuity innovation to the next level. 
So whatever it is that we need to manufacture, we can certainly manufacture it here. We can make it here and probably make it better. But as long as the money continues to move over to China and, um, you know, there are great forces to try to keep that money flow going. Um, we're, we're not going to get, we're not going to get there. But the bottom line to me is that if there's a problem in the United States of America, look to the Chinese Communist Party first as the big um, enabler of that, however they do it. And, and after talking to, uh, you know, individuals in the Intel service for years, former Intel military, they have, they all get this. They, they've known for years that China's the threat. But the issue really has been getting that to our civilian decision makers um, and legislators. And it, it's, a, it's a big issue. You're moving an entire ship in a different direction. Yeah. It's probably not the Do you think the military, let me interrupt just a second. Mm-hmm. We, we have only a minute uh, mm-hmm. uh, here in this se- a very interesting segment. Uh, my impression is the military has been so overcome by the... Uh, the wokeness, the whole progressiveness that, uh, you know, you have somebody like uh, General Milley, who's tre- actually treasonous, actually warned the Chinese that uh, about uh, Trump and said, don't worry, I'll let you know if there's some attack coming. Um, I mean, we, we have we have treasonous people at the head of the military. Do you think it is still at all trustworthy in terms of knowing about China or taking a stand against China? Well, it's, uh, I mean, then you look at Secretary um, of the Navy, who's just instituted a new advanced um, um, organization to fast track new technologies. So I think that it's a, it's a, it's, I think it reflects the rest of society where you have pockets of people who are, uh, maybe more woke and then for example so they haven't destroyed uh, the military yet no i don't believe seconds. so as a matter of fact i'm, I'm yeah, no 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 i i don't believe that and well, that's in wonderful form, that's i don't, very, I don't very, believe that that's no, a I don't positive it. note we'll be back very shortly mm-hmm. on america out loud pulse with paul broadman The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. 
Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back to America Out Loud. Uh, our really wonderful set of programs uh, every uh, weekday at 5 p.m. You can tune in to maybe on Friday, Harvey Reich uh, from Yale, an amazing man. Or you can hear us at 5 p.m. Uh, uh, as well as uh, all of us go out on many other platforms as well. But you can listen to Peter and Ginger Bregan on Thursday at 5. On Wednesday, it's Peter McCullough with um malcolm himself on tuesday it's jordan vaughn and Stuart tankersley uh, great physicians um and uh dr marilyn singleton a friend on monday who is both a lawyer and a physician and today we're with uh, paul boardman paul how do people what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you well thank you peter it's www.decoupledchina.org and that's that's uh, I'm very active also on LinkedIn. That's a, a good place. I've had um, a lot of outreach there. And I would say that the effort uh, my organization has done has been the uh, the more uh, dominant um, anti CCP voice on uh, that platform. Well, the work you're doing is so important. And it sounds like you're focusing in part more on the state level now which I think a lot of very intelligent people are doing and accomplishing things on a state level. If that's so, could you talk a little more about that? Well, it, it really is the low-hanging fruit. China, the CCP, has is, is not successfully co-opted uh, our country yet on the state level the way they have on the federal level. They, they literally have a tremendous amount of uh, money that's pouring in, lobbying, openly and actively uh, as you saw on the TikTok issue they went right into the hearing and made an argument we let them into the hearing it's unbelievable and when i mean co-opted just the federal system they they could, they're 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 playing playing that system off against each other in so many different ways and they're they're knowledgeable about that on the state level you have a lot of times citizen legislators uh who they don't have any any control over at this point. Now they do have a lot of control over governors who have been doing business with China for years and their economic development department. So, but as the elections start to roll in, those people will, will be replaced. You can't, you know, you have to, if you're likely a requirement of a governor coming in or an economic development department, there should probably be some component of being a defender or some knowledge of or capability to defend. And that certainly has not been the case during the globalization period where there was no, I don't think they would even concern themselves with that. They're just like, yeah, sure, I'll go to China. They'll roll up the red carpet. Let's bring their money in. So it's com- a complete open system. Th- those days are over. It's good news. but And I do believe the system is working in that regard. So we should have good candidates for governor around the country, and they should put in good economic development departments uh, across the board, from California to even uh, states that are on the, on the left. It, 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 and you see this in many cases. It doesn't behoove them to have CCP influence at military bases in their state. So um, that's that's very optimistic. I see that happening. A lot of work to do. Um, in, in my case, uh, the states 
are going to be very active this year on anti-CCP legislation, but most of them are planning a light session because of the election. So that, and then of course the Taiwan election, presidential election is in January. So that's going to be a, a big, uh, big news there. Um, so the, in my view, the states need to have a comprehensive, more robust civil defense plan from food security to uh, water, air, power, uh, cybersecurity, IT, and they need to start educating their state police and their forces about what a CCP anomaly looks like. So if you if you spend the time I've spent talking to Intel, former Intel military people, a good way to explain to the American public so they can understand, and this number may not be exactly accurate, is just think about the CCP having 250 monitors, people, human beings, and of course their systems, monitoring people in the United States, 250 people per county. So 3,143 counties, it's about a million um, people focused on America and finding and understanding their their weak points, how they can oh manipulate. Lord. Well, I didn't know anything about this. This is fascinating and so important. So on every different level, so every different you know asymmetric warfare level, whether it be um, uh, uh, drug warfare, cyber warfare, um, you know, psychological, any type of, there's no limit. There's to how, what the CCP will do in terms of warfare. They don't have any limits like we do They're, They don't play by there's, it's a no rules situation. They might flood a County. So just understand the MO. They may flood a County in whatever state and leave the next County alone. But what it does is it erodes the you know, confidence of the American people in their system. And that's that's the game that they play around the world. But since we are the big the big one, the big fish that they want, because with, with us, there's no more freedom on Earth if they take us down. So they'll go into a specific county and they're going to work on these elections. They're going to be very active trying to flip votes in specific districts. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, so. Uh, the, the states, you know, there, I know there are a lot of discussions going on behind the scenes in all the different states right now, uh, whether or not they'll be able to be prepared enough for these elections, whether or not they'll be able to thwart the CCP. And the CCP has its own problems. So they're not obviously invincible. And now America is awake. We are watching. You're seeing all the news reporters rolling up anomalies every day. So one of the problems, though, with the media, and I influence the media, I talk to these bookers and producers that all the media around the country all the time. And a lot of times they think I want to be on their show, but in reality, I'm trying to help them um, with their coverage. And one of the things I say to them is we need to get more people on the air. We need to have three or four or five or 10 people, and they need to validate each other. You know, Gordon Chang needs to talk to, you know, um, blame General Holt and they and General Keene, and they need to come to some kind of consensus out in the media about what is going on with China, as opposed to these one-off conversations all the time. So I try to influence them to do, a, you know, report you know, more accurately and understand also what's going on in other countries. So you roll up um, anomalies that are happening in America. At what point do you say, you know, this is a real threat? 
a, a serious threat? At what point do you say, hey, we need to decouple from China completely. This is really bad. You look at it the other way. The other way to look at it is what part of my life is, is China not in? What part of my life is China not controlling? Th- that answers your question immediately and says to you, we need to defend and decouple. We can build everything we need here. And here's the thing. We can build all the pharmaceuticals we need in America. It, it It's unlikely to be done through the federal level. Um, the state of Indiana is big in farm. They, they can incentivize that overnight. They could do that. But the question is, do they think we're in an emergency situation to do that? That is certainly not anything states have been doing for probably, I don't know how many years, 20, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, the largesse of World War II. They've been relying on the federal government. But if there's if China does decide to go after our electrical grid in one third of the country, the federal government can't handle that. So it will come to the states to, um, you know, become more active. And they don't have. You're making so many uh, important points. I hate to interrupt, but I want to I want to raise an issue that uh, could be on a lot of folks' minds. You know, most of the emphasis here in the U.S. on the threat is not China, as I see it among our more or less intellectuals and leaders. You know, the people are concerned about um, Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and uh, Schwab's organization and uh, also the war in Ukraine and the NATO and the European Union. And um, it's Western oriented. And I've started to talk about that we are being assaulted by sort of clarify it for people, two empires. One is the Eastern empire that you've been talking about today. And the other is the Western empire that they're going to, that they hear much more about, but it isn't identified as the Western empire. And the, the uh, Western empire, including all the big tech companies, all the largest corporations, all the largest medical influencers. I mean, it's just on and on educational influencers and so on. They're all, they all love China as you well know, better than I, and they are uh, deeply influenced and taken over by China. But ultimately uh, Xi Jinping will laugh at somebody, I believe like Bill Gates or Klaus Schwab. He's given Bill Gates two awards that Bill is really proud of. He's the most awarded American in China. I think certainly the most awarded technology and billionaire in China. And, um, you know they'll 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 just take away the dollar and they'll they'll just freeze all his assets when they take over uh or kill him these people so i think what needs to be realized is that the western empire is collaborating with xi jinping in the west but it will collapse under the force of china's imperialism in the long run and that's the disaster of a thousand years or more of a chinese empire does that make sense to you, or can you say, no, Pete, you're not quite on the right track? Well, it makes perfect sense to me, Peter. And the interesting thing is I've watched um, Jamie Dimon and and Elon Musk and uh, Gates all be tranched through China in the last two months, is that it that strikes me. You know, Jamie Dimon is there to um, collect now, Tell people who Jamie Dimon is. He's oh, I'm sorry, the, uh, uh, the head of... Um, of uh, Morgan Stanley, the um, uh, the large financial institution yeah. just escapes my mind right now. But um, the bottom line is that um, 
he, he, you know, he's been given special privileges in China. Yeah. And uh, he's there to garner deposits and make loans. He's not the secretary of state. That's all. I mean, he's very linear. You know, they, they make him out to be something much more than he is. And it's very attractive for these uh, large um, people that are running these organizations like Elon Musk and, and Gates to work in China. Because all they have to do is go meet with Xi Jinping and he grants them a part of the market. And then basically what they, he, they give in return is that they talk positively about China to bring in more investment dollars. It's a very it's it's not a political relationship. I don't think it goes beyond that. So they 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 use each other. That can be eliminated very quickly. I mean, if if uh, you know, we can, our government can can you know, stop that from happening. But I mean, sure, treat it, 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 uh, treat it as call it and treat it as treason. Right, and we we can we can do that. So, but even obviously during World War II, there's still people who who did that type of activity. Uh, so there probably always will be people who'll do that type of activity. So the, 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 I agree with you completely. And, and getting to the Ukraine point is China was uh, f- um, funding and made large purchases of oil and, and coal from, from Russia before the invasion. Uh, three months ago, they were saying, no, we don't supply Russia. And, you know, and we said, well, there's a red line there. If you do that, uh, you know, there's going to be a problem with the America. Well, now they're openly you know, supporting them. And we're really not, you know, pushing back on that too hard. So this—that's how the CCP operates. They normalize behavior, yeah. right? Well, and they're doing also, that with Taiwan. With, yeah, with it's the also, Paul, it's also, Paul. It's also so important um, to just face the fact that they have totally bought and corrupted the the president of the United States. Tens of millions of dollars have gone into the coffers of the Biden family, he's completely corrupted. Um, well, you know, that's true. But I, I think it goes so far beyond that. I, you know, I, I don't know if you can completely buy somebody off for 50 million or 100 million. But I do know you could likely buy off a president if you give him the White House. So I think of it as bigger. I think of it as they put, they literally installed Biden. That's, that's how so I important. Go ahead. Say I don't, more about. I mean, we got I, three I, I, minutes I, I, to this segment. Say more about their installation of Biden. I love it. I, I stay away from not because it's not true, and it needs to be talked about the Hunter Biden situation. But again, um, I, once the money is transferred, uh, I, I don't. You know, if you're an, an American and you want to be an American, you probably can still be an American and not be beholden to the CCP. But I think when somebody literally, you know, puts you in the White House through, uh, you know, rolling. Uh, the uh, President Trump, uh, making him completely ineffective to function through the uh, the COVID experience in America, and it really did completely limit him from his capability, and even to campaign. So he was unable to campaign effectively. And then, of course, if there was um, uh, the uh, tampering with the machines and so forth, another another layer of that. And then here you have you know Biden coming in, and he's a um, a partner with China and to um, completely, um, you know, change our uh, power sources and our cars and continue to out- offshore all that manufacturing to China and participate in this global situation 
and and to in his mind i believe it's in it's the only way to do to work with china or to to work on the uh um uh what he perceives to be the uh a climate uh, problem is to work with china so he's willing to give up that sovereignty he's willing to give up taiwan uh to him the climate uh deal is is paramount to everything and that's that's my view of how biden works well, I think that's a tremendous analysis. I like your emphasis. I think you have a tremendous understanding and you make a great contrib- contribution on this show, Paul. I mean, it's uh, again, we're listening to Paul Boardman, uh, who has uh, been a uh, voice for freedom for a very, very long time. And I think is one of the most clear analysts of what's going on in China. Um and you mentioned a few, I won't repeat their names, of analysts who want to get together and talk, but they really want to get together with you and talk because, uh, I mean, you, you really are making a very honest and uncompromised analysis of what's happening here. We're drawing to the end of the second segment. And uh, when we come back, I'm 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 just going to leave it open to Paul. But I also find especially interesting this idea that the states must become a warlike bulwark against the Chinese incursions in a way that the United States cannot, as a big government, do. I think this is extraordinarily important, and it's. It's consistent with many others thinking in other areas about how we must turn to the states increasingly. So I think this is going to be uh, worthwhile talking about, and we will return in a very short time. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. 
Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. We are back with Paul Boardman. Um, it's just a pleasure to talk with you. Whenever I interrupt you and ask you something, you make a better point than I was thinking. <laughs> so um, you've got such experience in this uh, arena. It's just uh, amazing. Uh, do you have a particular place you would like to take the conversation at this point? Well, I'd like to take it in, in terms of a call to action for your for your listeners, something they can do. Uh, and that really is you live in a, in a town, you live in a county, you live in a state in America. And in your, in your local community, um, sitting down with your state rep or state senator talking about how are we going to defend from China? Uh, do we have um, our own ability to uplink to the satellite and maintain the internet? Because if that goes down, our economy is over. Uh, how do we, do we have a 30-day food supply? Do we have, uh, where's our water? Our, is our, um, our lo local police and mayors, are they trained in what types of tactics CCP uses and what they potentially will use against us? Uh, do we this is this is what we how we need to start thinking unfortunately and they can do that uh, the state reps uh need to um and they've most of them have started to move to keep uh china from buying our farmland so they're certainly aware of the issue they're looking at well i think if there's a i think they're looking at okay if if i go too far will my constituents you know, understand, it, are they going to think that I'm extreme uh, by re requesting training for the police to defend against the CCP? Uh, putting that case together uh, is very, is, is very important. One of the things I'm working on, we have not had a state do this yet, and I'm trying to get it done, is we have to understand what China really owns. To do that, you need to go forensically to every county and look at every parcel of land and determine a lot of states have you know, broad liberal uh, LLC laws, and you, you don't you need people who have intelligence experience, people who've worked for maybe the Defense Intelligence Agency, and they're retired. They're firms that do that type of work, and they come in and they will research to find out what warehouses, businesses, property. We are now relying on the USDA farmland number that's rolled up on the federal level to determine what China owns. That's, and, and we've already seen the pushback from the CCP lobby on that saying, oh, it's not that much. You know, we don't really own that much. It's not increasing that much, but we have zero idea what their hold, holdings are. And that has to be done in a county level. And they could, your, uh, 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 a listener could go to their county and just say, do you guys know? I mean, and talk to your mayor. Do you know what China owns in your community, in this community? Uh, so th that that's a call to action, and that's that's something the uh, state legislators are available. They they are much more available. I I doubt you'll get much, uh, you know, traction with a member of Congress. There are too many issues they're dealing with, and it all does roll back to China. But you know, unless you're, um, uh, you know, running that uh, that committee. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't really do a whole lot about it. Uh, so 
So that that would be my uh, advice at this point, and uh, what, what needs to be. And for example, uh, again, you know, has has your state already cyber securitized against uh, threats? I mean, their 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 agencies, their activities. Um, what do they know? What a, a China anomaly looks like? For example, in Oklahoma, uh, the there are Chinese nationals on uh, Oklahoma soil uh, openly that guard the their pot farms and they're armed and that they, they, they're it, more of them than there are police officers in the state oh my so, god i've never heard now, that there are people there in the state legislature who are act very active they're ahead of other states in terms of uh, proposing uh, legislation wow and there's another issue that that is so integral to what you're saying which is um, there are there are some scary um, estimates of the number of Chinese uh, infiltrators coming across the border mm -hmm. who are former or active uh, military in China who uh, will become like um, sleepers uh, in the country. And if um, the war breaks out and Say it's the wars even limited to mostly the to to the southeast uh, of the world, um, uh, you know, over in, in China in that area, over Taiwan and so on. Um, these people could rise up, and one individual could wreak terrifying havoc. I mean, can you imagine just one or two or five or ten who start doing some mass murders or start poisoning some wells and some uh, reservoirs and so on? This indigenous, now indigenous threat is incredible. Have you learned more about that? And certainly this is one of the things that every county should be worried about. Well, it, it's going to be a, lo it is a local issue. Uh, Dennis Quaid uh, was... Uh, I did a voice did a um a, a documentary on the power grid it's called power a down grid up i think that's the name of it and uh talks about the vulnerability of our power grid and you know obviously what happens is if if that goes down in any part of the country uh our entire system and we we don't we do not have uh more than a few days uh supply of food in this country uh, so you know we need to diversify the food supply uh and, um, you know, maybe the states even have to have their own uh, petroleum reserve. Uh, maybe they need to have their own food supply reserve to a certain extent. Uh, so, so really, that I mean that we are we are in that vulnerable situation. And you could look at it as if we've already entered World War Three with China combining now with. Um, uh, Russia against the Ukraine and, you know, all the, all the different countries. And uh, I'm not sure if people are aware of the, the BRICS uh, relationship where China's building their own uh, uh, allies and it's, it's, it is growing. And of course, say, they're, say they're another word their or own two currency. It, Paul, say another word or two about that. That's been a concern of mine. We do talk about it in COVID-19, the global mm -hmm. players, but it's, it's escalating. So, to, to tell us some more about BRICS. Well, it's interesting because it's escalating, but at the same time, fortunately now, uh, America is aware of the situation. Yeah. The Biden administration has been doing some things correctly uh, in the South Pacific, 
Um, we haven't get, gotten enough arms into Taiwan. So yeah, it's not but as you if have, China you have to tell have... folks what the BRICS are. I mean, I can do it, but you can probably do it better. You have to tell the folks because they don't know much about this stuff. Uh, okay. Well, the BRICS is a, is, it's, it's a, it's a response to NATO and it's, um, a, um, it's a consortium of countries that um is Brit- brazil is part of it russia's part of it south africa's part of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that you know would be our allies or uh, ordinarily are are coming under this hegemony with china china is trying to push um a brics currency mm-hmm. to compete with the u.s dollar in our own hemisphere I mean, this is uh, this is a very uh, very dangerous situation, which is uh, getting very little publicity. I'm, I'm very glad you brought it up. Right, but at the same time, I believe it's the growth of BRICS is reflective of the lack of leadership uh, from the White House. Yeah, if we had solid leadership, I think we could thwart most of it. Um, active, you need to get in there and you know be more robust at meeting with the, be able to handle more relationships, be able to. Uh, you know, make the phone calls and, and to the to the leaders, and uh, frankly, bring them to your side. And that's something where that's clearly where this administration is is being limited. Yeah, they they they're just not they're not acting like we're at war in any way at all. Right, and uh, probably Donald Trump was the only president in uh, my very long lifetime who actually, including Reagan, who actually saw us at. At war with China. Is that a correct observation? It it is correct. In my view, he didn't do enough, but you know, at least he started the process. He tried to do what he could do. He did the tariffs. Uh, at, at, at that point, I would have you know completely decoupled. But uh, you know, that's that was my perspective. Uh, and um, the uh, after they did the virus, I would have. That's it. Okay, I. <laughs> I see where you're going with this, okay? But um, that that just the 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 forces were not there yet for him to do that. Um, I think I would have done that, but right. uh, you know, so I'm not particularly that happy with with the extent that he went. And I thought that if he had pivoted the country toward the China threat activated the country and engaged everybody in that economic war at that point, uh, that would have been the successful way to go. And that's what I, what I advocated for. I'm really glad to hear you come out and, and talk about the deficiencies of, 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 of uh, Trump's uh, approach, even though it was superior until he caved into the germs. Um, Mm -hmm. It was germophobia, Mm -hmm. which is what I'm going to say from now on. Um, he was doing much more than others. Um, right. No, no, no but, doubt but about that. Enough. And he certainly made a big effort with the tariffs and he brought the Chinese to the table. And obviously that that didn't work. And it, it, it either brought us the the ire of the CCP out to the public. I, I think he did humiliate them in public is, is I think, the problem. Oh, yeah. 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 That, too. He brought them right in and he basically said, you guys have to buy more from us. And and they I think they said, well, well, let me show you what I can do. You know, this type of thing. Yeah. You know, folks, the the what Trump was facing is such a Western empire in collusion with China that it's hard to imagine 
Right. But mm-hmm. very, yeah, very soon after uh, he was, um, you know, defeated by by the fraudulent election, and not just fraudulent with whatever might have been done with the uh, voting machines, but it was done by uh, Fauci uh, breaking all the laws of a government employee and going on and uh, in the Washington Post just before the election and saying that if Trump was elected, it would be the end, basically the end of the country by the media concertedly against him and also by the deep state working with in, in depth with all the social media or much of the social media to divert any uh, anything in favor of Trump and to Instead, you know, d- direct it toward the, the progressives in every way possible. So when you talk about a fixed election, folks, don't don't just focus on, oh, did they really tamper with the machines, which I, I believe is absolutely true. But don't even focus on it because everything else that was done was enough to fix the election. Um, and after the election, most folks don't know this. The two major uh, conferences for business in the world, the one run by one run by Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York, and the other more famously run by Klaus Schwab of WEF, World Economic Forum. These two groups met with all the great businesses and corporations of the West to celebrate recoupling with China. In other words, treason, organized treason to preserve their markets. And as Paul Boardman, our guest, uh, very well described, the great advantage these people find with totalitarian governments is they can go in and just talk to Xi Jinping, who was ever in charge, and they can get a piece of the market. It's that simple. So Nike, the NBA, um, you know... <laughs> I'm sure. He, I'm sure even the football <laughs> leagues are just dying to, to to be able to go over and get and get installed in China. Well, and, not only that, they treat them incredibly, incredibly well. Yeah, they Americans wine and don't. Dine tre- yeah. You know, Americans expect uh, Bill Gates to line up at the Dairy Queen like everybody else, but not in China. Oh boy! I mean, they they will roll out the red carpet, and uh, they uh, people um, you know, they, they get. Uh, accustomed to that and they they want that kind of treatment and uh so again you talk to xi jinping he'll give you a part of the marketplace and you've got to you, you know you don't have to you don't have to put a, a sales brochure together or have a sales team yeah and the odds are what you're doing is going to aid their military industrial complex the everything does yeah mm-hmm. that's another thing and i think that's a good point to about. point out that that you know the it's the 30 families that run the Chinese Communist Party that are completely amoral. They have no regard for human life, anything, no humanity, complete, total, total war. They will do anything at any time. And they've been working on this for a long time. They're not superior to us in our capability or even our approach. It's just they've been setting this up for a long time. They have things in place. We can defeat them, but it's a matter of we're going to have, they're forcing us to defend at a, a, a level that we haven't done since World War II. So our, our society has to be, you know, reformed around that threat. And that is a very big mind mental shift. And that really is the battle is when you talk to people, it does take them time to 
make that mental conversion. That's that's what China sees in their favor. I'll talk to a state legislature in a certain state. He's like, well, I think we should put together some something. I don't know what to propose. And I'll bring something up and he'll say, well, do you really think we need to go that far? And, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So he, that, that uh, there's a whole mindset there of yeah. how do you train that person? How do you, how do you take them through and, and get them to understand that? Well, there's a lot of body of information for them to do the research on their own right now, but it, it's going to, it takes them time. So, so the balloon, um, you know, did a good job and China will <laughs> always, will always um, cancel themselves with the American public because they don't believe the American public really has any voice and they don't want them to. So they want them, any kind of republic democracy to go away. They just want to deal with the leaders and then, you know, mute our system. So they'll, they'll, there will be another mistake. There'll be another balloon and that will, will their metastasizing will continue, but they will, another segment of America will wake up. And they'll get it. They'll say, "Okay, okay, this is dire. Okay, I get it." And then they're good. We have. They'll have to do something about it and take take action. Paul Boardman, in the last fifty seconds, tell people again how to get in touch with you. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm very active on. It's been a great show, by the way. It's been a great hour. Good. Well, thank you, Peter. It's been wonderful and, and a real honor. The um, uh, the website is www.decouplechina.org. Uh, at, uh, the uh, I'm active on LinkedIn. Uh, very active there. Uh, and uh, I'm on Facebook as well as um, as Twitter. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I look forward to, uh, you know, putting that message out to people to take action. Sit down with your state reps, st- sit down with your um, state senators, talk about the China threat, go to your mayor. What are you guys, what are you doing? You know, do you have any plan? Uh, what happens if the power grid goes down? What happens if the internet goes down? Do you have a backup system? Do you have a an, a version of the Starlink? I don't know if you want to buy Elon Musk's Starlink, but can you go to your local, um, you know, um, uh, university and make your oh, own? We, we have to stop now. The information is endless. We will have you back again. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much. Thank you.